So we're on a different vibe But we're on the same vibe Having fun, you know what I'm talking about? Shorty, she's so fine I gotta make her mine hey. I ask like that Gotta be one of a kind mm. I crush him every time Punch him with every line I'm fucking with their mind I'm making them press with wine They know they can't shine If what? I'm around the rhyme Been on Perusa's 94 Neighbors start wanting to start mowing the grass I say my Why would I press record? We still lit though. You know who dropping down. You say you a gangster, huh? but you never pop nothing. See, I hear this nigga talking. Let me go to bed. That's cool. It's a war winning podcast, no matter what. This guy's gonna tell us, so don't forget that. You say you a gangster, and you need to stop fronting. You go to the dealership, but you never cop nothing. You've been hustling a long time. What'd he say? Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. The, the fuck, fuck happened, happened to you? Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you? What happened? What happened to you? Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of The Alexander Taylor Show. I am Alexander Taylor himself. I always say the one and the only, but I'm like, am I really the only Alexander Taylor? I don't think so. I don't know. Man, this man really happened coincidentally. Start mowing the grass once I press record. That is hilarious. Um, anyways, let's get straight to the let's get, uh, straight to the business. Sorry, I'm a little um, I don't know, flustered, out of whack. I don't know what word I'm looking for. I just woke up. I think I said that last episode too. You may ask, Alex, what's going on? Why are you just like just waking up and you just press record? I don't know. My sleep schedule is fucking off. My life is just off all the time. And you know how, like, you can feel your life just going out of whack? Like, not that something's wrong, I'm depressed or anything. It's that I'm just legit, sleeping schedule fucked up, I eat shitty, I just wake up whenever, and I'm still productive, but that's part, it's like forced production, you know what I'm saying? Like, my body is drained of energy, and I just keep going anyways. I'm running on fumes at all times, you know what I'm saying? And as of right now, I have not ate, and it's three, four. 50 p.m. and I have not ate a single thing. I am starving. So, yeah, if you if you get a little um anger today or grumpiness on this episode, that is why. If you catch a couple slip of words and I'm slipping up on my words and I'm stuttering and I'm just doing weird shit with my words, that's probably why I'm still half sleep. I'm tired as a motherfucker right now. Now you may say. Every episode, this nigga stutter. Every episode, he's just fucking up his words. But I'm meaning in a very obvious way, in a very, like, overbearing. I don't know a word. But see, look, I'm talking about, I'm just using word. If I'm being just overly, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going there. If I'm fucking up too much. Shit, there we go. Man, cuss words is so, using cuss words for me, it's just like, it makes everything so easier. And I know me cussing a lot is very just like, I don't know, aggressive. And it's it's a lot. And a lot of people probably think that. And I think that myself when I listen back to my episodes, I cuss a lot, like a ton. But it makes life so easier. Now, I hope that doesn't come off as like I'm trying to make up for my lack of, uh, I don't know, words I can use. I don't know. But it's just easier, you know. If I don't know what the hell I'm about to say, I can still on the fuck a shit, a bitch or something. I don't know. Anyways, like I said, let's get straight to it. We got a, we got, we got uh, some, uh, we got a show on our hands today. It's been problematic in this world right now. All right, let's get straight to it. Lil Nas X releases unofficial Satan Nikes with real human blood. Uh, it says Lil Nas X is releasing a pair of unofficial Satan shoe Nikes. Although you won't find them at your local Nike retailer, of course you wouldn't. That'd be Interesting. Uh, the design, which features an Air Max 97 silhouette. How the hell you said? I think I said that right. With a bronze, don't know how to say that. And introverted cross and a drop of real human blood is part of a collaboration between the rapper, singer, and the New York-based art collective Mischief. 
Uh, Nike put out a statement, said, we do not have a relationship with Lil Nas or Mischief, a representative for Nike told Rolling Stone. Nike did not design or release these shoes, and we do not endorse them. Um, let me see. Let me see what, what else is in here. Okay, the Real Human Blood, by the way, was donated by members of Mischief, according to a spokesman for the collective. We love to sacrifice for our art, they told CNN. The blood will be mixed into the red ink found on the bubble sole of the shoe. The shoes sparked outrage over the weekend from conservative political and religious figures, including Evan, um, Evangel, and I've never heard it. I've heard of Evangel, but Evangel, what the fuck? Anyways, um, from Pastor Mark Burns in South Dakota, Governor Christy Neum. As you can tell, like I said, bro, I can't. Here we go. This is where things get juicy, and this is the stuff I'm going to cover on this one. Our kids are being told that this kind of product is not only okay, it's exclusive. But do you know what's more exclusive? Their God-given internal soul. She tweets, We are in a fight for the soul of our nation. We need to fight hard and we need to fight smart. We have to win. What are we uh, What are we fighting against? I, I didn't know we're at war with something. No clue. All right, this is what it comes down to for me. <clears throat> And I want to let everyone know I am not at any way religious. Never have been. Probably never will be. And I just want to throw, throw that out there so people know my perspective is sort of tainted in a way. But I'm going to try to look at this in the most objective way. I don't see the issue with this. I, I, I don't at all. I don't. This is me personally. Now, I do see why religious people would get, I don't want to say offended because I don't think they necessarily should be getting offended by this. But I do see why they're getting upset. I do see their concern, I guess. But at the same time, I don't find it an issue because it's art. It's freedom of speech. It's freedom of expression. Uh, it's odd to me that this right wing party right now, it shows the hypocrisy in the right wing that they're so anti cancel culture. They're so anti, you know, feelings. You you know, they want to they want to say people from the left are so you know, whiny and they're, and they're snowflakes and they're so emotional and they do the whole facts. Um, what is it? Facts don't care about your feelings. They, they want to push this narrative that they don't get offended or upset about anything. And cancel culture is a bunch of bullshit and they would never cancel anyone for their freedom of speech. And there's no thing, such thing as hate speech and we don't get offended by anything at all. But in reality, when it comes to that Bible, when it comes to that book, boy, 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 do they get mad. You got a governor tweeting out, we're at war and we need to win. Like, shut the fuck up. Get over yourself. He is an artist. He's expressing himself and he may be doing it in a controversial way, but that does not mean we're at war with anything. I mean, we've seen this thing with like Cardi B and Candace Owens, like, and these right wing political officials trying to tie this you know, rap industry and pop industry to like, you know, like it's going to affect our children in such a way that our society is going to be changed and all this stuff is going to happen. And and really what it really comes down to is it is your child. That is your kid. You know, I mean, we don't have full control over what a child sees on the internet, but at the same time, that is your child. If your child happens to stumbles upon a little uh, Nas X video, Specifically this one, I mean, then that's on you to have that conversation with that child or to make sure that child doesn't see it again or to, I mean, there's ways, YouTube kids, there's there's the Twitter features and Instagram features. I'm pretty sure you can mute all kinds of things, even on Facebook. I, I don't see why everyone else is responsible for how your children are raised or what your children see and view. I mean, if you really wanted to do it, you could control every aspect of what your child sees on their phone. I mean, if we're keeping it a buck, I know you can. So I find something where I can't see all the way from that far. Anyways, um, I don't necessarily think that Lil Nas X should be any way of apologetic. I don't think he should have to make a statement. I don't think he should do anything. And, and he even been trolling with this whole situation, which that's one thing I respect about him. He's been handling this situation in an amazing way. I mean, trolling, having fun with it, because that's what you should be doing. You put out something that you created that is art and that is from you that 
you know, you're doing something you love to do, which make music, you're making art. I mean, I, I know I keep saying that, but this is the creative space and people need to be allowed to do whatever they would like. And that's exactly what he's doing. And I think it's a healthy, though. I think it's sparking a healthy conversation about religion and such. And I don't see nothing wrong with it. I get it, though. I get it. Like, he's twerking on the devil. I understand. I mean, that man throwing ass on the devil. I ain't going to lie to you. I was sitting there watching, like, Lil Nas X really throwing ass like this on the devil with that. I mean, he throwing ass on the devil. Like, what the hell is going on? But at the same time, I was like, that's fire. I don't mean no joke in that because the devil on fire, but that's fire. You know what I'm saying? That's fire. Hey, look, I'm just saying, like, whoever shot that video came up with the with the costumes and the and the creative aspect of that, that's heat to me. Am I being that's just heat. Like, I watched the video, I thoroughly enjoyed it because there was so much shit going on. You know what I'm saying? It was like a movie. I fucked with it heavy. The song is good to me. I, I enjoy everything about it. I mean, I ain't trying to find no real issue with it. Because, again, I'm not religious, but for religious people, I understand why they have an issue. But, it, like I said, I just think it's kind of hypocritical to be so anti-cancel culture and then Lil Nas X twerking on the devil. And y'all niggas like, wait a minute, hold on. What the hell is going on? No, no, chill out. Sit back. Shut up. You didn't have to watch it. You don't have to entertain it. You don't have to talk about it. That's what's interesting to me. I see people going up in arms about it. Oh, my gosh, this upsets me. Don't look at it. Ain't that the message y'all push for people from the left? Step away from the computer. Why are you letting the phone in? Why are you letting social media upset you? Oh, okay, bet. This situation, step the fuck back then. Get off your phone. Mute Lil Nas X on Twitter. Mute everything that has to do with that uh, video. And you ain't got to see it. You ain't got to hear about it. We ain't got to talk about it. That's what you want to do. But no. No, it's deeper than that. And I understand it could be deeper than that for some people that are religious. I understand it could be deeper than that. Because it's, it's touching something close to home. And that's religion. But at the same time, we are moving forward in society, and I don't mean it by, like, any disrespectful way. But this ain't the 1950s no more. This is not the 1950s at all. This is 2021. We are moving past religion. We're going to be moving past and forward to other things and moving on as society. I know this not sound good to religious people. I'm not going to say there's not going to be any religion or anything like that. I'm just saying that you're going to have a bunch of people nowadays that have access to a lot of information and it's going to be a younger generation and they're going to question things and they're not going to be so religious or wanting to be religious. It's going to be not something everyone's going to be a part of in the next 10 years or so, probably five to 10 years. I don't think you're going to have as much religious people as you do now. And, and I could be wrong, but I just, like me personally, as a younger person, all my friends and such, I don't meet a lot of people out and about. And I don't have a lot of friends that go to church every week and that uh, would say they're even religious. I don't have a lot of friends like that. I don't meet a lot of people who are really about the Bible. Like, I don't. I don't. And I'm in Oklahoma at that. I'm in the Bible Belt. And you don't even see that shit. So I guess that's what that governor means by we're at war. But she's dramatic. She needs to shut the fuck up and she needs to go do something. I don't remember the governor's name. But the fact that these governors are on social media commenting on pop culture videos and pop culture things, shut the fuck up. Please leave that to Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. You are a governor. Go do something important. Lil Nas X twerking his ass on the devil is not important. I'm sorry. That is not important. Like, in my opinion, it is not at all important. Two weeks from now, Everyone, everyone, I'm talking about everyone's going to forget about it. It ain't going to be discussed. Niggas going to walk around with shoes with blood in them. Ain't nobody going to do nothing or say nothing because what the fuck? It's not that deep to me. Damn sure not that deep for a governor to take her time out her day to be tweeting about it. Bitch, go do something. And yes, I use the bitch word. I don't, I don't care. That is, that is pathetic as fuck that we have political officials always commenting on shit like this because it just irritates them, infuriates them, and they need to fucking spark their base and say, we're at war, we need to win it. No, you, we're not. We're not at war, nothing. And from your perspective, as a conservative Christian person, and you push this agenda that we are anti-cancel culture, I keep saying that, you on social media crying. <laughs> Come on, bro. Get over yourself. Alright, on to the next, next story here. Um, this is I don't want to say breaking news because by the time people hear this, but 
Uh, oh, well, let me let me talk about that real quick. It says uh, Cardi B confused. Cardi B left confused after she's dragged into Lil, Lil Nas X tobacco. Um, because I think this this ties into the same thing. Okay, hold on. Cardi B says, "Don't confuse and compare my sexual confidence with anything that has to do with religion." You keep putting me in these tweets, and I don't play that shit. I have very strong faith in God, and I don't play with him either. Leave me, leave me the fuck alone. That's not whoa. Hold on, see, I don't know on it. My issue is every time it's okay. Here we go. My issue is every time a celebrity facing backlash or some dumb shit like that, Doctor Seuss and Pepe Le Pew shit happened. People always got to bring my name up and shit. <laughs> bring my fucking name up and shit. Don't be having nothing to do with me. Like shit, don't make sense. Cardi B is hilarious, bro. Cardi B is hilarious. But that goes into Cardi B and Candace Owens shit. Candace Owens, Candace Owens, Candace Owens decided to attack Cardi B for her videos, for her videos because they have like sexual explicit dancing and content and words. But at the same time, I'm like that don't make no fucking sense. How are you this, we don't care about fucking feelings type people we, and, you know, anti-cancel culture, we all this bullshit, and then you getting mad over rap lyrics, and you're getting mad over a fucking video. Now, I ain't gonna lie, though, I'm thinking to myself, this, this nigga, this nigga, Lil Nas X got some balls, though, and this nigga slid down the stripper pole from heaven all the way to hell and started throwing ass, bro, that's crazy. That's crazy. I ain't coming all the way, nigga. That's wild in the motherfucker. Imagine that. Imagine thinking of an idea of a video. You say, I'm going to slide down the stripper pole from heaven to hell, and I'm going to throw ass on the devil. That's crazy. And I give props to bro because that's some creativity right there. I respect it. You know why? Because, hey, look, he did what he wanted to do, shit. Freedom of expression and his art and his music. He did what he wanted to do. That nigga was, I'm talking about, I don't know if y'all really watched the video, bro. That nigga Lil Nas X was in a split, bro. Throwing ass on the devil. That's wicked. And I fuck with it. I fuck with that energy, bro. I fuck with a nigga doing whatever the fuck he want to do in life. And my man do whatever the fuck he want to do in life. He made a fake apology video trolling people. Hilarious. I laughed. I fuck with that energy. Make fun of these motherfuckers. Fuck them. Fuck their feelings. Don't care about it. I care about it enough to talk about it right here. But outside this, I didn't really care. I thought it was like these niggas being dramatic. That was just me. But again, from an objective perspective, I understand why religious people are getting upset. I understand if you have a strong faith in God and such, that it would bother you if you've seen a black man. I don't know. It don't got to be black. I didn't have to say all that. But if you've seen a black man, Throwing ass on the devil. I understand. I understand. But I mean, at the end of the video, I don't know what the context is to the whole video all the way. But he did snap the devil's neck, so I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, moving on. Let me not I go to that. Let me just. All right. So, Sweetie, is that how you say his name? I don't know how to say his name. Uh, nigga, like, what the fuck wrong with name? All right. Uh, Quavo. Quavo. Oh, sorry. I didn't have to do that. I'm sorry. This is serious stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so this just got released. It was a video of Quavo. Hold on, bro. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say this girl name. That S A S A W just throw me off. And I know niggas are gonna be like, "Come on, bro. You on culture? You talking about this topic? You don't know? The, you know, like, come on, bro. I know, I know, I know. But hey, look, look. It happens in life. It happens. Sometimes we don't know stuff. Hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. Hold on. Y'all gonna have to bear with me. Don't, don't click off. I'm talking to the people on YouTube, by the way. I'm not talking about the people listening. I'm talking about the people on YouTube. Don't click off. You're going to piss me off if you do. Hold on, bro. Sweetie, it's my fault. That is before God about to say Sahawiti. All right, my fault. All right, I'm just being dumb. I'm being dumb. All right, here we go. All right, Sweetie and Quavo got into a physical physical altercation in her L.A. complex. In this video of it, of course, TMZ got a hold of it. You know, TMZ get a hold of any goddamn thing. And supposedly this is from May of last year or just last year. 
I believe summer of last year is what I read. And it's sparking a lot of conversation, sparking a ton of conversation regarding physical abuse and men putting their hands on women. Now, I've been in a position, unfortunately, where a woman has put their hands on me when there's not been any uh, physical alter interaction from me, if that makes sense. I was not being violent or physical with her, and she put her hands on me. Like, I vividly remember. I'm in the hallways, high school. I got my Jordan bag. I remember them Jordan bags, but y'all remember? Them, them Michael Jordan bags, at least 50, 60 bones, because... Now, I'm in high school, too. I ain't had no money. I, I ain't pay for that bag. My mama did, bro, and it hurt my soul, bro. Boom, she was on some bullshit. So I turned around. Shawty grabbed me, yanked me by the bag. Bag ripped. Started hitting me. Blow, blow. In the middle of the hallway, bro. Man, I didn't do nothing either. Back. I didn't do physically nothing back. I didn't grab her. I didn't get mad. Nothing. I mean, I got mad, but I didn't do nothing back. And in that situation, it's like, if I were to do something back, I still don't win that fight. And I don't want to say fight mean physical. I mean that fight of just like if it would have went to the office or the police or anything, it still get looked at as upon like you're a man, you should never put your hands on a woman, which I agree with that. But at the same time, at some point, we got we to gotta really think about it. Like if a woman pushes a man to that level, what is the man supposed to do? Obviously, he's going to have to restrain her if it's getting too physical. And if he restrain her, then that's still doing too much. So it's like at what point? Can a man, you know, protect himself, but also be respectful of, you know, a woman and be respectful of boundaries and such? Even though that woman is crossing boundaries, how does a man proceed after that? Like, what, what the hell? In this situation, and this ain't, this ain't, it looks like the popular opinion is Quavo shoved her and Quavo beat ass. That's what it looking like. But if you watch the video, he didn't do that. But, you know, people got to push this narrative. And it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to act like women, men don't. Like, I'm not going to act like it don't exist. It exists. I'm not. I come from a home where my mother was physically uh, abused quite often. So, you're, you're talking to somebody who's seen it. I done dealt with it. I done been through it. Like, come on, bro. I'm just I'm just telling people that don't know me and people that do know me. I'm not trying to come from an insensitive perspective. But at, in, in this situation, I don't think Quavo... Or Sweetie's in the wrong. And I hate to say that. It looks like they're fighting over something. It looks like they're fighting over a suitcase, I think. Or some form of a suitcase. Uh, a bag. I don't know what. And it looks like they're both fighting for it. It looks like Quavo's trying to grab it. Sweetie hits him or tries to hit him. He dodges the duck seat. Then he reaches back for it. They both get in a tussle. They're right next to each other, and he uses his body a little bit, which, you know, he used the body a little bit. Don't get me wrong. He used it a little bit, gave a little nudge, and she fell to the ground. To go as far as to say he's abusive, I wouldn't go that far. To make it seem as if he shoved her, I wouldn't say that. It looks like two grown adults fighting over something. And one got pushed on the ground. Not pushed. One got nudged on the ground while trying to fight for something. Now, am I using my words a certain way? And I'm not trying to just trying not to use the word push or shoved or nudged. But I just don't think that's what it was. I can't describe it without saying that. But these people on social media are making it seem as if the nigga, she was standing there and the nigga just shoved ass on the ground. Now, when you say shove, nigga, you think somebody done pushed the motherfucker on the ground or something. And I don't think that's what that was. Now, the only issue I found was, and I, I guess could be concerning, and I could see why people would say maybe he is abusive. He didn't help her up. Now, in a moment of, of anger and, and just all that, you know, you mad as fuck. It looked like they both mad as fuck in, in an argument like that, when a physical argument, when an argument gets that physical. Between male or male, female, whatever it may be, you're not going to want to be so helping to the individual. But at the same time, I can see why people say, huh, maybe he is abusive. That's weird. You know, that is odd. I felt weird that he was just standing there like that. And she's just on the ground like she's hurt, maybe injured, crying, upset, whatever it may be. And he was not helping her up. Now, the only thing that made me want to think deeper into it, like maybe, you know, people don't know what's going on. You see one video and you just immediately make all these assumptions. And, and that's what I'm doing right now. Don't get me wrong, but. At the end of the video, he's trying to hold the elevator open. And he has his hands open, like, come on, let's go. And it just seemed like some pleading, like, 
it seems like this probably just a dumb fight. It just seems like an immature dumb fight that couples get into once in a while. And unfortunately, they get physical. And I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying it happens. Now, people don't want to say that. People want to act like all relationships and arguments are just completely beautiful and, and everything's wonderful. And any form of arguing that gets even close to physical is just extremely abusive. And it's always not the case. Because behind closed doors, you talk to everybody. Majority of people I've talked to and spoke to, grown adults, people my age, they're in relationships. Not that arguments gets physical, but sometimes shit happens to where it gets where it's like that, where it's two people getting physical. And it's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's not good. It's, it's, let me give an example. It's the instance where I always tell people, is this physical? Is this abuse? Is it? When, when when someone makes one match, so if a male makes a female mad or a female makes a male mad, either or, and the person walks away and you try to go grab them, they yank, and, they, and I'm like, is that, what would you call that? Would you call, like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Or if someone's trying to leave uh, the house or whatever it may be and things are really, I'm talking about tempers that always are all-time high, things are just amped up. And you get in front of them and then they try to tell you to move and you move and like it's just all this shit. And I'm like, bruh. I don't understand as a society, like, we got to figure out what, we can't just label somebody abusive off the bat of one little video. You can't do that. And Quavo getting a lot of heat, and I just think equally, it's just a dumbass situation. I think they're probably in a dumbass argument, immature-ass argument. We've all been in them where they both mad as fuck, and I guarantee after that argument, they was like, that was stupid as fuck. But it's so stupid, you don't even talk about it. I mean, it looked like they fighting over a bag or a suitcase or something. Unless the suitcase or bag got something in it. I mean, it looked dumb as fuck. It looked childish. It looked like tempers got flared up and niggas just being dumb. That's what it looked like to me. I don't think it should be dissected all the way into, well, Quavo's abusive. Look what abusers do. And this, you know, and I could be wrong. This could come out to goddamn Quavo abusive as fuck. I mean, it really could come out to that. And I'll be fully apologetic and come on here and take everything I said back. But just from this video, I can't sit here and call him just 100% abusive. And I can't say she's abusive. I can just say they got in a dumbass little petty argument and they got physical. That's it. That's what it should be, though. And some shit ain't our business. It's two grown adults. <laughs> I hate to tell y'all that, but it's two grown-ass adults. It ain't our fucking business to be dissecting it and be acting like we know 100% sure that Quavo's abusive. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. All right, now, moving on, moving on. Uh, WWE wrestler, this is the funny shit right here. WWE wrestler Randy Orton uh, and Soulja Boy continuing their little Twitter beef. Man, that shit is hilarious to me, bro. Hilarious, bro. I can't wait to read these tweets. Big Draco took a shot at Randy Orton after weeks of their off-screen feud, calling him a pussy and a bitch. <laughs> Oh, and Randy Orton, Randy Orton with the smoke over here, bro. I don't know how the WWE, uh, WWE's not mad about this. I'm assuming they are, but I think Randy Orton got that. You know, Randy Orton got that history. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're probably letting it go. If this was a new wrestler, I think someone would be sad. But it's Randy Orton. Like we're gonna have to put respect on Randy Orton's name. You know, he he got that. He valued. You know what I'm saying? He one of them legends. He gonna be a legend after it's all done. So I don't know. Anyways. Uh, he put my dick taller than you, weighs more too. Go to bed, you fucking infant. You are welcome for the boost. Go choke on a keyboard. Soldier Boy replies, says, "Bro, you wear thongs, leather thongs at that. Stop the cap. My money taller than you. To be real, I think you scared of me. All that talk, I smack the shit out you. Yo, I'm sorry, bro, but that shit is fucking hilarious to me." That this nigga Soldier Boy keeps saying you wear leather thongs, bro, because it's true, but it's like nothing against it, bro. It's just funny as fuck. <laughs> Do you keep saying that shit to Randy Orton? Because if we keep it in the bean, bro, I really think Randy Orton will beat that nigga up, but it's just funny as fuck, bro. It's funny as hell to me that he keeps saying you wear you wear leather thongs. I mean, you got to understand what's happening in this day and age right now. This is beautiful. I'm sorry. This is beautiful, bro. If I was a kid, this would be like when when Randy Orton was at, was at his peak. Think about that. Soldier Boy was around at that time. I imagine Soldier Boy tell him, "Crank that Soldier Boy." All that, but imagine that. 
Because he, boy, swag. I'm talking about Soldier Boy at his peak. And he got Randy Orton at his peak. I don't know what year I'm looking for, but I'm imagining in my head. Imagine switching to the TV. You see Randy Orton and Undertaker fighting, nigga. Real life getting at it, bro. And then you got Soldier Boy out at the same time. Imagine if Twitter was around. This nigga was beefing in, bro. Oh, my God. But still, right now, it's still lit. It's still lit. It's still lit. I'm just saying, this shit's hilarious, bro. This shit hilarious. This is random as hell. We in a weird ass time. I love it. I love it. We got Soldier Boy and Randy Orton beefing. All right, let me, let me start. Let me start from the beginning of where it came from. Soldier Boy said on February uh, 28th, rap game faker than WWE. Randy Boy said, fake. They're this prick to step up. He don't like movies? Question mark. Considering us actors that do stunts without pass 200 days a year and don't bitch when we get surgically repaired and come right back. Speaking facts. Uh, Soulja Boy replies and says, hold on, I have the direct tweet. It'll be easier to do that. Soulja Boy says, do you know who the fuck I am? I'll bring the real to wrestling. Don't play with me. Randy Orton? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I ain't gonna lie, that's tough. And then Randy Orton said, Crank That came out in 07. So yeah, 07. Let me say that, 07. You had a hell of a year. Serious and hats off to you, my dude. Here's the thing, though. I like rap. I bump that shit all day, whether it's Tunchi, Meek, Jay-Z, but you call what I do to survive fake question mark? Fuck that. Come to my world and say that. Dare you. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Social boy, man. Big Draco. Randy Orton talking to Big Draco, bro. This ain't no WWE for real, bro. Randy Orton keeping it a buck. But like I said, if it's one-on-one if it's -on -one square up, Randy Orton probably got them things. I hate to tell you that. Soldier Boy probably do too, but Randy Orton probably got them things. Randy Orton might beat that nigga up in a leather thong. Facts. He might do it to him. And then hit that crank that Soldier Boy and Superman the hoe right after. Imagine RKO and the nigga, bow! And he just, Soldier Boy and Superman, now, now I mean you! Imagine that shit. Boy, that be lit than the motherfucker. They need to set up a boxing match with that shit. But they gon' only allow, okay, boxing, hands only. But y'all gotta allow RKO. Y'all got to. Because if Randy Orton squaring up with him, him with a boom, boom, bow, he about to fall over. Randy Orton just come hit him with that bow. Come on, bro. Then they got to turn on Randy Orton music right after. Hey, there's nothing you can Hey, I don't know the words, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know that Randy Orton intro joint. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. That mug start. Hey, nothing you get. Y'all know that joint. Come on, bro. Y'all better quit acting like. Nah, nah, not the new joint though. Not the new joint. Not the new. That's how y'all know I'm a real wrestling fan. Y'all see the Raw's work. Talk to me nice. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The old joint. Not this voices one. Where the old one at? Hold on, bro. Not this joint. Not this joint. This joint tough too, though. I hear voices in my head. They talk to me. They understand. They talk to me. Nah, not this joint though. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Hey! Y'all hear that joint? Imagine that plan. Randy Orton come out. Nothing you can say. Imagine that joint. Come on, bro. Y'all better quit playing with me, bro. And, and boxing gear. Imagine Randy Orton coming out. Tough like that. Soldier Boy probably come out. Big Draco. <laughs> Y'all got me fucked up. But if Soldier Boy come out, he got to come out to Pretty Boy Swag. Fuck. He got to come out to Pretty Boy Swag, though. He got to. He has to come out to Pretty Boy Swag. Because that joint just. What? What? Hold on. Wait, nigga. Oh, my God. When that first came out, bro. Oh, my God. Bro. Niggas was not outside. Get out the way. Pretty Boy coming through. Me and my crew, we swag. Oh my god, bro. I don't know if he said pretty boy coming through a soldier boy, but either way, girls on me because mm, I look so sad. Boy, niggas went round, bro. We was jigging back then, too. Nigga, y'all wasn't all sorry because I'm a mama. Fuck, niggas went. But imagine that, though. I'm just, I'm just saying, bro. We got to set that up somehow, some way. We got to set that up, but we only setting it up if Randy York can get an RKO in. Oh, that's all I got to say. 
Soldier Boy better sign that deal right there. Soldier Boy got to say, I'm going to allow Randy Orton to hit me with that motherfucking blammer RKO if I lose the fight. I'm talking about, I don't give a fuck. He get knocked out. Bow. Soldier Boy, you better get your ass up. Better get ready. Randy Orton gonna come from the bite. And he'll with that motherfucker. Boom. Then the, then the music gonna hit. Hey! Nothing you can say. That's what I'm trying to hear, cuz. And then they can really remix that bitch and put the new one in. I ain't talking to me. It ain't talking to me. And they're going like this too, cuz on oh, my mama, y'all wasn't outside. Boy, Randy Orton, I'm telling you, bro. I got to see that fight, bro. They got to set that up, bro. I, they better do GoFundMe some type of uh, fundraiser, bro. I donate money to that, bro. If I got to see Randy Orton beat up Soldier Boy and they have to hit that motherfucking, mm, that boy pulls like this. And then the music hit. Y'all got me fucked up, bro. Y'all better quit playing Randy Orton's name, bro. Matter of fact, I'm on Randy Orton's side. I'm sorry. I'm choosing a white man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I got to throw respect on Randy Orton's name because he didn't really beat up a lot of niggas. Mark Henry, John Cena, The Undertaker, he really with it, bro. He used to kick niggas in their head. Y'all better keep it. <laughs> Y'all better keep it real, my nigga Randy Orton, because I'm my mama. All right, bro. On to some more shit. I did a clip about Joe Budden podcast, and they got got some little views, got some little tracks, and got some little attention. When I say little, I mean little minor, about three point seven, you know, three thousand seven hundred views, light, very light. And I got a lot of dislikes. I got a lot of comments. Who's this bozo? Two hundred subscribers talking about Joe Budden? And oh, you think you know? So okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Guess what? Shut the fuck up talking to me. Yeah, who the fuck you talking to? Who the fuck is you talking? That's what I really wanted to say. But you know what? Thanks for watching. I love you. I like to comment. Talk to me nice. Shout out to everybody who did show positive feedback, though. I'm not going to throw dirt on anybody's name that did positive feedback, of course. And I don't want to just talk about the people that said the negative. So, shout out to everybody who liked the video, subscribe, and comment. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. And I love y'all, for real. And I don't even know you, but I love you. i give you a kiss on the cheek. No homo. Check me out, though. Joe Button puts out another podcast. Names it Internet Executives. I want to remind everybody, I am a Joe Budden podcast fan. When they went on tour, I went in Dallas. I drove four hours. I went. I'm just trying to tell people I'm not a hater of Joe Budden. I genuinely enjoy Joe Budden's content. I enjoy Joe Budden. But I can be critical of somebody I enjoy. I can be critical of somebody that I like and I admire. I admire Joe Budden, but I can be critical of him. Just like I'd be critical of Charlamagne of God. Or anyone else that's in the media industry, DJ Academics, anybody. It is interesting to me that Joe Budden took an hour and 10 minutes of, the, of this episode, or roughly 10 minutes, to shit on his audience, to shit on the people who put him in the position he is in. Interesting as fuck to me. I found it distasteful. I found it nasty as fuck. And I found it to be quite disrespectful. As a listener and supporter of the Joe Bunn podcast, to hear this man say anyone that's critical of him, they, you know, they work nine to fives. They don't know what it's like to do this. And they're internet executive. They think they know. Look, bro, the proof in the pudding. You want to say you built these, built these shows and such. Okay, where are they at? Anyone want to tell me? Stay of the culture? We could bring state of the culture back, but okay, then why is it not? And when it was out, shout out to Revolt, but the audio was shitty. The overall content and, and the show was, eh? Eh? If we keep it a band, if we keep it a buck, it was eh. Um, everyday struggle will be and is. I don't care what anyone tells me. The Joe Bunn podcast is mad successful. Do not get me wrong. But everyday struggle will be the most important thing Joe Budden has ever built because it really did a lot when it was out. I'm talking about every time it came out, it was trending. Everything about the everyday struggle was like low-key, in my opinion, changing the, the media landscape of hip-hop. I mean, it was monumental when it was out. I remember every morning it came out, it was trending. Every single body was talking about it. It was a lot of people drawn to that. Because of DJ Academics and Joe, it was fucking crazy. Amazing. People still go back and watch the old episodes. It's still talked about. And it was a couple years ago. One or two years ago, roughly. So, I don't want to 
Like here, you built all these things. Okay, you built them, but where are they at now? You signed this legendary deal with Spotify. Okay, you're not with Spotify no more. I understand what Spotify was trying to do, take percentages and do all this stuff. Okay, but at the same time, my G, if you're going to label yourself as a network, if you're going to do all this stuff, you're not providing network level content. I am I and that's why I tell people when they, when they when they want to leave negative comments I pay the $25 a month for the Patreon. I can so that means I can be critical. I can give feedback. This is my feedback. This is not network level of content in my opinion. You want to label yourself a network? All right then. We need network level content. I like I said in the last episode, the journey perfect. Why not behind the scenes vlogs? Why not more podcasts? Why not something else? Now I did see something interesting. I'm in the Reddit group. Someone said maybe he did this rollout for these two female podcasts because he was trying to, you know, help his his he has a negative depiction of him about him and females because he has a he has a, you know, got a bad history with that domestic violence and shit. So everyone's like, maybe you're doing this safe face, kind of make it look good, make the brand look good. All right, that's fair. I understand it, but that doesn't mean it was a business move. It means it was a personal decision to help protect him and make him look good. I understand it. I understand what it looks like. Put black, let's put, let's put our black females up and empower them, give them shows, give them an audience. All right, bet, boom. That's I understand that. I'm with it. I fuck with it. I like the vibe. But for your audience that is predominantly male, why the fuck would you do that right now to begin your network. Why the fuck would you do that? That don't make sense to me. And people are telling me all this bullshit in the comments. Okay, go look at their YouTube videos. Go look at them. Look how much subscribers Joe Button has. And then look at the, look at see the thing is. Look at it. Tell me. You look and tell me. The spike in views when it's Joe Button podcast and see the thing is. And even Rory or like they have a, a Wayno or a Joe Button on. Spiking views. Why? Male predominantly audience. It's common fucking sense. He wants to talk down on his audience as if we're just fucking that dumb. No, we can go look. <laughs> Fuck is you talking about? We can go look at the views. I don't I'm not understanding. And you got his friend Ish on there. Oh, they don't know what it's like to have to do. They don't want to. Okay. And they want to break down with a million dollars. Do you got to do for Okay, but okay, you're doing all this shit. You're talking about all this breakdown of money and business. Name someone else that has to do that. Name someone else that has to fucking do that or has done that. You don't hear Charlemagne the guy having to do no shit like that. You don't hear any other network executives having to break down splits. You know why? Because they don't have to because of proof in the pudding. They ain't got to do it. But you got to. You know why? Because you constantly fucking shit up. And I know he I know he says it's a narrative and I know he says it's it's not true, and then he fuck everything. Everything he touched, fuck things up. But it's starting to look like it, Joe. You know what's interesting? We go back to the complex episode. Stay with me here. We go back to the complex episode. I go back and listen. Where he talks about leaving complex, and you know he's talking about he's all this shit. He's talking about breakdown of what's going on, what happened. And Rory makes a good fucking point in the episode. And when I first listened to it, I wasn't fucking with. It. But now I listen to it, I understand what Rory's trying to say. Joe Budden is, is coming off as if he's trying to go into complex and change the dynamic of the comp- complex media platform. He's trying to change it. And Rory's like, wait a minute, Joe. This is something set in stone. This is a multi-billion dollar, million dollar, whatever, billion dollar company. You're talking about a company owned by Verizon. You're talking about complex, a big ass media company. You're trying to go in there be in people's offices, yelling, screaming, cussing, trying to do all this shit. You are just Joe Budden. You are a well-known guy, whatever it may be, but you do not have that to you to where you can go in somewhere and just change everything. That's not going to happen, Joe. That's not realistic. And I understand where he's pointing out. I understand what he means. And and for some reason, Joe Budden and Ish and all these people want to say, we just have this employee mentality. No, 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 sir. What we have is... Logic. It is not logical to walk into a big company. That's like me 
walking into fucking Amazon saying, hey, you know what? I may be I'm employee of the month, best employee, walking into fucking Amazon. I'm giving I know Amazon, but just bear with me here. You walking into motherfucking Amazon talking about, hey, yeah, my nigga, the way y'all package boxes, mm, I ain't fucking with it. Y'all need to do something different. Imagine that. Imagine that shit. Tell me. Imagine. Imagine walking to one of these big ass companies. Imagine walking to New York Times. Say, hey man, the right the way y'all write articles, the way y'all doing shit. Mm, I'm I'm the best motherfucking editor and, and goddamn journalist in the motherfucking world. Still don't matter. I walk into New York Times, say, hey nigga, y'all need to do shit different. They're gonna look at me like, nigga, who the fuck is you? Complex is there before Joe, and they there right after Joe. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck? How can Complex deal with DJ academics, but they had to split ties with Joe Button? That just shows how difficult Joe Button was being. Joe Button don't own Complex. He wasn't going to own Complex. Joe Button should have, in that situation, kept doing what he was doing. That's the best thing he had going for him. I don't care what anyone tells me. Joe Budden Podcast is fucking so successful, and I love it. Gets many listeners. I'm not trying to say the status of Joe Budden Podcast is lower than Everyday Struggle. I'm just saying Everyday Struggle, if it would have kept going, oh, my God, I just think it could have went places no one would have ever seen. And DJ Academics is a difficult human being to have under your company, and he's talked about it openly. He stresses complex the fuck out, and they still never cut ties with him. He has the issue with Twitch. He has the issue with a lot of platforms. DJ Academics does. But DJ Academics is still able to build and be successful. What is Joe? Joe Budden? They had to cut ties of Complex. Uh, besides the contract situation, because from listening to the journey and such, looks like they could have a con- it looks like they could have had a contract, but Complex just still decided not to. And, and I, I would understand that. You can't come in somewhere and within a couple of months and shit, you doing all this extra shit. You can't do that. It takes time. We're talking about Joe Budden. I give him respect where he's due, but he tries to make his, and this is ego. It really, I know you talk about it, but, but it really does come down. Like you started doing this podcast like three to five years ago. And you wasn't fully into that. You was rapping first. And then recently you wanted to be this content creator and this mogul and media mogul. And it's like, I mean, like I'm a big fan of Charlamagne the God. Charlamagne the God gives respect everywhere you go. You know why? He's been 10 years plus in this game, in this media game. Joe Budden got that record. His record is a few shows. The pull-ups, Day of the Culture, Everyday Struggle. All those shows, even due to the pandemic, I know, still though, they're not around right now. I just wish that Joe would do some self-reflection and understand that the Joe Button podcast could be bigger than what it is right now. It could do better, and his whole network could be better. It really could be. If we're talking about $25 a month. Worry and Maul, come on, bro. You need them. You need them in this situation. You need them. You're going to lose a certain amount of your audience if you if they split completely. And I know you're talking about me and Rory going to go to therapy. That sounds good to me. I'm glad Joe's trying to fix it. But at the same time, I don't appreciate this talking down on the audience. I'm a millionaire. I built this. I've done this. I've done, okay, that's cool. Well, keep talking like that. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. He talks as if, like, you know, I do better when, back my, when my back is against the wall. Okay, that's cool. But you keep putting your back against the wall then. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay. Sorry. Anyways. um, So, yeah. I just don't. I don't understand why Joe decides to talk down his audience. I don't see why he doesn't understand that. People just want him to do better. People want him to succeed. And people can be critical of you. I mean, it's the people who built you. They're going to be critical of what you do. I mean, you've made this fan base where we all feel like friends of the show. We all homies. All right, so we're going to talk to you as such, nigga. You fucking up. You fucking up. I give Joe Budden respect where he's due. Trust me. But at the same time, in this situation, it's hard to because, uh, like I said, when you make a internet executive, he's going this hour rant. And I feel like the hour, you weren't really saying anything. Just saying what I don't know. <laughs> that one little bit that was enough for me. And I didn't say I turn- <clears throat> I'm not going to say I turned it off. I was just... That was really what I got from it was 
I built these these media company. I mean, I built this motherfucking few shows, and you guys have the mentality of employees and blah blah. I was like, no, not necessarily, dude. You, you you're looking like you fucking up. It's a lot of cap, nigga. It's cap. It's a lot of cap, bro. If I was Joe Budden, you know what I did? Sat, sat in that motherfucking seat of complex Monday through Thursday. Since Friday, they wanted to have guests do all that bullshit. All right, perfect. I'll sit there Monday through Thursday. You want to raise? Wait a minute. <clears throat> I mean, that's just in my opinion. Wait a little bit. I guess they're talented of employee for me, but hey, I'm just saying. If you're, if you're given a platform and it's helping you grow your audience for your Joe Budden podcast and grow you as a person, you're able to expand your reach. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful relationship. So that's, that's what DJ Academics was doing. DJ Academics on stream drinking Hennessy, cussing people out and talking shit about people and exposing the industry. How is it that he was able to stay with Complex but Joe Budden wasn't? It just shows how difficult Joe Budden was being. This media mogul thing, I hope the best. I want to see it happen, but at the same time, you got to go the right way about it. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. Now, a lot of people telling me, though, you only have this 200 subscribers. You, yeah. I encourage anyone listening to this podcast on YouTube, whatever it may be, who talks down on me, who talks negatively about me, or has an issue with my opinion. I will personally give you a microphone and I will help you set up your own podcast or anything, YouTube, whatever fuck it may be. And I want to see you do it. I will encourage you to do it. And I want to see how well-informed your opinion is, how great you talking to the mic and to the camera. I do want to see it. I would love to see it. For real. No, I'm kidding. Fuck all you niggas. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I am starving. Hungry as fuck. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Um, please follow on Instagram. I don't know what else I got now. Don't be no bitch. All right. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, I'm out. Bye-bye.